This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name's Tom Marvin. I'm the Senior Technical Editor here at BikeRadar.com and on MBUK Magazine as well. Joining me today in the podcast studio is his debut. It's Nick Clark, who's our new mountain bike digital writer. Is that right, Nick? Hi, Tom. Yes, it is. And hello to the Bike Radar audience. Excellent stuff. Uh, Nick, tell us a little bit, only a little bit, a little bit about yourself uh, and what you've been doing in your first couple of weeks at Bike Radar. Well, I'm an avid cyclist and keen mountain biker. I don't know. <laughs> it is for the role. Um, I've done a lot of XC in the past and then started doing a lot of enduro sort of in my mid-teen years. Just for the audience, I'm currently age 22. <laughs> a young a young buck around here. But I started doing a lot of trail building. So when, I, when COVID hit, I was lucky enough to live in a local trail. Um, so in the local forest, a couple of my friends got together and started building trails. Um, and then... After a couple of years traveling, decided I shall come and relive the dream of being a cyclist, cycling journalist. Wow. What a life. What a short life so far you've lived. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and what have you been working on on Bike Radar? What, what's uh, anything juicy coming up uh, well, that you can talk about? Because obviously embargoes are embargoes. Uh, I currently have been working on a lot of stories. So in my first week, I had the release of the new Yetis, the SB120, SB140, and 160. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, I'm looking at the new giant rain, which I've been looking at this week. That's about it. That's about it. That's about it. That's mostly what we've got coming through. <laughs> Excellent. So the new year is in the new giant rain. Good stuff. It's early days. It um, is early days. And then at the weekend, it was my birthday. Aww. So I went back home to my beloved North Wales um, okay. and rode some really nice downhill tracks in Clangothan. Nice. Um, I also went over to Folgashnak. Um, yeah, just nice to see old, old loamy trails. Lovely stuff. Nice, very good. What have you been up to, Tom? Uh, what have I been up to? Well, we are coming up to Christmas, um, which means for the world of print magazines, it's a very tight turnaround. Normally, we spend four weeks on each issue, and our next issue is going to be two weeks uh, to get the whole thing done and dusted. So there's a lot of work being uh, going into that. And I'm finishing off a lot of reviews at the moment. So um, I've been reviewing the YT Izzo Uncaged, which is like a, a fast downcountry XC-ish bike from YT. Uh, I've been riding the aforementioned Yeti SB120. I just delivered that back to the workshop today because I'm finished. Um, the Scott Genius ST and Merida 160. So, um, oh, and alongside that, some bib shorts, some winter shoes, some tools and some other bits and pieces. A lot on your plate. Oh, it's, it's, it's a busy time of year. 
But it's all good because uh, in four weeks' time, it'll disappear on Christmas, isn't it? Exactly. In fact, it's, it's four weeks today, Christmas, I think. Get the advent calendar out today. Hey, I'm waiting for one in the post. I've got a sneaky feeling. Um, a secret admirer sent me a ad- an advent calendar of the first. When I say secret admirer, well, what I mean is a girl I'm dating. But anyway, <laughs> didn't keep it quiet. It. <laughs> it's a Tony's Chocolony one, and I'm very excited. Um, so hopefully that will arrive later on today. Right, that's enough of our uh, irreverent jibber jabber. Um, today is one of our news roundup podcasts where we bring you selective highlights from some of the best bits of tech that have landed on Bike Radar in the past X amount of time, because they're not a particularly regular uh, podcast. Today, we have got four bikes. Uh, we've got a gravel bike, I've got an e-bike, Nick's got an e-bike, and Nick's got a normal mountain bike. So there we go. So gravel bike, two e-bikes, and one mountain bike. Um, so let's kick off with your first one, Nick. What are we going to be talking about? So as I hinted to earlier, um, I'll be talking about the new Giant Rain, which has been released today as we are recording excellent uh so i think the key highlights are to look at is the new adjustable geometry so the new maestro links being updated okay. so now running on the maestro 3 just typical sort of adjustable geometry so a little chip in the back that turns around okay. uh, similar to the canyon system and what it's offering is bottom bracket drop uh, of 35 mil so from from the high to low, thirty five mil. yeah difference? so there's well from the high to low there's 10 mil difference okay. so the neutral position is at 30 mil um and then head angles neutral position 39 uh, 63.9 degrees okay. um in the low position 63.5 degrees okay i think it's probably going on this i've been decided that it's more likely that people are going to be in the low position yeah um, the high position on an enduro bike doesn't scream load of sense to me no unless you're looking for a change of heart and maybe an xc racer on a big giant rain Possibly. Um, there's also increased rear travel. So the previous rain was at 146 millimeter. It's now up to 160 mm-hmm. on both the Advanced Pro model, um, which is the carbon frame drain. Uh, and now the SX, which is the sort of free ride bike park okay. specific bike, uh, that's now up to 165 mil travel. Uh-huh. Um, and that bike comes standard as a mullet setup. Nice. Um, so I think that's going to be very good on the bike parks. It's also now, finally, after a couple of iterations now of the SX, rocking a triple crown four. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It is looking, it's looking gnarly. We're we talking like a 180 mil triple crown? Are they a space down? 190 mil. 190 mil. Yeah, with a 165 coil on the rear. Sick. That's cool. And what's the uh, standard rain running on the front? 180? 170 now. 170. So yeah. 170 front, 160 at the back. Yes. Nice. Yes. Um, and there's now frame storage on the bike. So okay. any sort of snacks you like to lunch take. Box. Pop yeah. your hot dogs down there. Pop your hot dogs down what's, there. Um, what's your uh, frame storage snack of choice? Uh, I'm, I'm a classic. A Nature Valley Crunch Bar. <laughs> Nature Valley Crunch Bar. Lovely stuff. That is a classic. And, a and you know, no product placement here, but a Crank Brothers tool in the, in the bottom uh, okay. as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I think that is a nice feature. I mean, I used to work in a bike shop and we used to have a lot of reins going out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, they were never the most desirable bike, but now it's starting to look like a real contender. That's cool. But other than that, they're available for order now and I'll be looking for delivery times around Jan. Okay. Do you have any pricing in there? What are we talking? Um, so the Vans Pro ranges from 6499 Okay, so that's the the, the, the entry-level carbon one. Entry-level carbon one. 6499. Yeah, and the, at the moment, it's only the advanced one that's been released, so it's at 6599. Okay. Although I think Giant will be continuing with a Advanced Pro Zero in the, in the coming year. Nice. Um, and the Rain, which is the aluminium one, starts at 399, with the entry-level being at 3499. And the SX looks like a lot of bike for 4999. 
4999. What fox has he got on the front? That's a Fox 40. Fox 40. Performance yeah, Fox, Elite. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that'd be a stonking bike. Yeah, I think it'd be good fun there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not the sort of bike I would ever ride, but it looks no, cool. No, it sure looks cool. cool. It looks good hanging over the rear tailgate of a yes. of a pickup truck. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I'm actually quite. Does it look good? It looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. I mean, a lot of bikes out there now starting to look the same. Mm. You know, we've seen a lot of high pivot. Uh, well. High pivot bikes, mm-hmm. um, but this looks classic, sort of giant enduro, and okay. I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I, one of my little, I'm going to say beef with uh, geometry trip things, right? You say it's like what 0.6 of a degree, I think you said 65.76. Yeah, so what, what, what was the head yeah. angle change? The head angle change is 0.4 degrees. 0.4. What's the point? Exactly. There you go. Put it in the low one. Exactly. Just leave it in the low one. Who wants a little chip in there? Who's gonna, as he said, who's gonna ride it in the high one? No one. <laughs> All that does is add cost. Add cost and allows you, I guess, to tune for different trails. I mean, no I don't think I do ever it. will. No one's gonna change that. It's gonna be too much faff. It it's is. gonna be covered in mud ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Does the aluminium one get the geometry adjust? Yes, it does. Right. And um, the geometry trust also allows you to put you know twenty five. A uh, twenty-seven point five inch wheel in the back as well. Ah, so okay. it's so maybe it's more of a mullet adjust. I think it's a mullet adjust because okay. it is does come twenty-nine inch yeah, standard. Yeah, yeah. And okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, as ever, full details will be on bikeradar.com as you listen to this right now. There was going back to the 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 geo chip thing. Canyon had geo chips in. I think it's in the talk. Yeah, I mean they have it in a number of them, but I think it was a talk specifically I was thinking about with this one, and it, like you know they got a high one and a low one, and like the low ones got like slightly less reach because of geometry and slightly slacker seat angles and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then the carbon ones you get the, the geo chip, and then in the aluminium one they got rid of the geo chip, but gave you the slack head angle, the steep seat angle, the low BB, and the long reach. And I'm like, oh, that's just the one I want. Like make, make the carbon one like that. Yeah, who's gonna do it? Yeah, simplify. Well. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the Daring Rain. What have you got for us? My first one is the new Ridley Griffin. Um, so regular listeners to the podcast might have noticed that Warren uh, Roster, who is our senior road technical editor across Cycling Plus and Bike Radar, um, posted a little 10, 15-minute interview with uh, one of the engineers at Ridley on the launch of the bike, which was on Thursday, the 1st of December. Um, but it's their new kind of take on an all-surface, all-road, gravel, N plus one killer, road-focused, rough road, Grand Fondo type, do-it-all bike. The everything um, bike. The, yeah, the, the bike that kind of should do everything. A little bit like um, Rondo's HVRT, or Hurt, as I think they actually want you to call it, uh, the Cervelo Aspero, uh, or or the Specialized Crux, for example. So it's yeah, one of these bikes that sort of merges some of the good bits of gravel bikes with some of the good bits of endurance bikes, isn't super aggressive in its raciness, but kind of like will go on like a really good long like road ride and then if the tarmac gets a bit grumbly like it does in England everywhere um, and if you want to take it a little bit off road it'll be good as well um, so yeah they've just released that uh, and it's quite a cool little bike actually um, so carbon frame 990 grams for a medium obviously without paint um, because they always make it as light as they possibly can. And I think a 400-ish gram fork. Um, the geometry on the bike is sort of sits between their Canzo Fast, which is like their gravel, aggressive gravel race bike, so between the Canzo Fast and the Fenix Endurance bike. Um, 
and it's sort of like a an evolution of the X Trail, which I think they launched in 2017, I think, which was kind of one of their first sort of all roady gravelly kind of bikes. So it's basically an evolution of that. So it comes with a 73 mil BB drop, 72 head angle, uh, and 420 stays, which is kind of basically in between um, that Fenix and the and the Kanzo Fast in terms of shape. Um, they're going to be offering it in one by and two by. Uh, configurations, uh, which is kind of smart, and obviously, like one by on the gravel, on the gravel is kind of like a growing thing, and two by is still pretty dominant, as we all know, on tarmac. Because uh, if you're riding on tarmac, you tend to want that sort of closer gear ratios that two by tends to give. And then you've got tire clearance of 40c with a one by, and it's down to 38c and a two by, obviously, because of the front mech. And if you're running fenders, it's down to 32c. And the fenders is my next little things you need to know about the new Griffin because it comes with literally all the mounts for everything. So you can run this as like a pure, like proper summer, go fast, nice day bike with nothing on all the way through to like a, a real Gucci commuter bike with fenders and racks and bottles and bento boxes and all this sort of stuff. But the thing I really liked about that was that they've integrated dynamo wire routing. So um, you can run a front dynamo hub as routing inside the fork and inside the frame all the way to the back uh, to run a rear light off that as well, which I just think is like really cool. There's three sets of bottle mounts and I said uh, there's a bento one on there as well. So you can run it as a bike packing bike if you want to go a long way with all your camping stuff and sleep in a ditch. Um, so I think that's kind of smart. Yeah, I've seen the pictures of it and it looks a really good looking look. bike. I haven't seen the pictures because I did this in a rush <laughs> and I haven't managed to have a look. It's the mounts that make it worthwhile. And I was thinking to myself when I saw it, if I'm there, you know, and my secret admirer is left to straighteners on the bed mm -hmm. and the fire starts, I think that would probably be the bike I took from the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So I like, that's a good analogy. I like that. Very good. Uh <laughs> eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Ridley are going to be offering it with four kind of stock builds. Two of them are sort of a bit more road-focused, and two of them are a bit more gravel-focused. Um, and they start, it's, it's fairly reasonable for what, you know, Ridley are, like, they're not, um, they're not a budget brand. No. But the bills start at £2,909 or €3,199. Um, and for that, you get there's two options. There's a GRX 600 2 by sort of gravelly build, or there is a 105, sorry, a GRX uh, 600 one by build, I think, and a 105 2 by build. Um, and it goes up to four thousand two hundred specifically ninety seven pounds, um, or four hundred uh, four thousand six hundred ninety nine euros, and that comes with the latest one hundred five di two group sets. What they also offer though is an online configurator, which allows you to alter the spec and even the paint of your bike, sort of kind of to fit what you kind of want, um, and also to you know get it looking exactly how you like. What um, colours would you go for? What colours would I get? Right, this is going to sound a bit ridiculous, right? Obeya, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, they have the Mayo program, right, where you can, it's a very, you know, there's, there's quite a few brands doing this online configurator thing now. Yeah. Uh, but Obeya have kind of been at the forefront, I sort of feel. They've got quite a lot of options on there um, across a wide range of bikes. And the nice, the thing I love about the Obeya Mayo is that it's free. Like, you can, you know, if you get what, one of the sort of pricier bikes, it's it's a free upgrade, effectively. It takes a bit of time to get your bike, but I think it's pretty cool. Anyway, 
I went on a on a, an Orvea launch. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Occam, like in 2019, and they did basically like a gold, but like shiny metallic gold, like not like metallic paint, but like not like Adam Blythe's new Genesis, which I haven't seen, but possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like literally like it had like it looked like it'd been wrapped in gold foil. Yeah, and it, it looked so sick. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that's that's what I want. But in in reality, I'm like, you either have to be really really fast, yeah, or just not give a toss what anyone thinks of you because you have to be really brave. Um, so I'd go gold, mm. like shiny gold, or maybe like I'm really I'm really into my teals and my purples at the moment. Teal could work. Yeah, I'd have to say the gold I think is reserved for gold medalists. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like going around to your local po- post box and spray painting it gold. <laughs> But um, no, I think if I was going to go for, a, especially on that that bike, I'd have to go for that Lotto pseudo red colour. Oh, yeah, That nice. was a good, gorgeous looking bike, that, when it came out. Um, or a mint. I used to have this amazing mint. inspired foreplay yeah. <clears throat> trials bike that was a mint with white fork. And yeah, I'd like okay. to recreate that. Yeah, no, that sounds good. One of the little spec details I like that they offer is the classified uh, internal gear hub two-speed thing about the back, which is real smart. Um and I want one for my gravel bike because it sounds cool more than anything else. Uh, and I've not ridden one. Um, so yeah, so that's the that's the, Rad, uh, the Ridley Griffin. Um, so if you go to bikeradar.com, obviously you can find full details of the bike and a first ride uh, from Warren Roster, who obviously has has ridden it um, and he's reviewed it for the site. And there is, of course, another podcast. So don't forget to scroll back through the Bike Radar podcast and pick that one out. It was released only last week. Right, Nick, let's not talk about your next bike because there's not a huge amount to talk about on that one. Mm. Still interesting, still worthy of a place yeah. on the Bike Radar podcast, but we'll leave that to last because it's going to take less time, which means I'm going to talk about the new Scott Lumen, which is their brand new e-bike. So there's a lot of e-bikes coming out at the moment, as we know. E-bikes are a huge part of the market, um, and so brands are chucking money, resource, and development time at them. Obviously, there's a lot of them with big motors and big batteries, uh, but there's a growing segment of this sort of mid-size, mid-assist, lighter-weight e-bikes, and that's what the Lumen is. So it comes with 130 millimeters of travel front and back, and it comes with the TQ HPR50 motor. So as we've seen with recent Scott bikes, uh, and I include the Scott Genius in that, and obviously the Spark, they have gone for that integrated, or not integrated, but internal shock design that is Really aesthetically pleasing, in my opinion. Um, the shock's kind of hidden underneath the seat mast, and it's sort of actuated by a link that pushes the shock inside. It's 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 dead smart aesthetically. And yeah, so they bought a Lumen out. So it comes with that HPR50 motor, which they claim is the smallest and lightest motor on the market, um, and it has instant engagement. It's got the way they've had to build it to make it so light and so small means like the the clutch and the, the mechanics of the motor is actually really interesting. It's a motor that we first saw on the Trek EXE, um, which we've got plenty of content on um, on Bike Radar. My colleague Rob Weaver, our technical editor-in-chief. Had chance yet to ride that new motor? No, I haven't. I haven't for a couple of reasons. One, well, the Trek EXE is the only bike we've had in which has had it thus far. Yeah. Um, and it came in a medium, and I am not medium. Um, and Rob did a lot of work reviewing that, making, I think he made a video about it uh, with a lot of reviews online. And the other reason is every time I ride an e bike, I then get back on a normal bike and wish I never rode normal bikes. Yeah. 
so I, I, <laughs> as I, as when you know when I have a professional obligation to ride an e-bike, I'll ride an e-bike. Yeah. But, um, if I'm not professionally obliged to do so, I tend to stick not to. You don't want to ruin the rest of your ride. Just ruins the rest of my life. Well, I fortunately I am a medium, so I got to go out on that trip. Oh, did you? XC, yeah. Tell us more. Oh, it was tremendous. Yeah. <clears throat> it's very quiet. Yeah. Just the you know the interaction. Uh, amazing Mm -hmm. Um, but you're right it did feel like all of a sudden the wind was taking out my sails Mm. when I got on another bike yeah so, and that's only a mid mid weight mid mid power one as well. It's exactly. not even a big booster. We, we get on a big booster one, and uh, oh. it, it feels incredible. But um, but yeah, so I think it's kind of cool. Um, it comes with a three hundred watt hour, uh, three hundred sixty watt hour battery, three hundred watt peak motor performance, um, and that motor is also found on the BMC four stroke amp. So that is the new Lumen. It uses, as I said, the new internal nude. Uh, system that they've been sort of developing over the past few years. Still has twin lock, um, which is their on-bar three-position lockout for the fork and shock. I've ridden twin lock. It works. I think it's probably quite a good match for this bike. Uh, I thought it was okay on the Genius. And even though the shock is internal, I speak with true honesty in saying that it's actually really not a problem. There's a little door on the bottom of the bike that pops open. It's really easy to get to all the controls for the shock, all the adjustments. Um, and the external sag meter maybe isn't quite as easy to use as uh, an O-ring on a shock, but it does work. Um, and the main benefit, really, other than the aesthetics, um, is that it keeps the shock uh, completely isolated from mud and grit. And I've, I've spoke to a few people about this, and they're like, oh, does it really matter? Well, over the, over the like lifetime of a shock, it kind of does kind of does matter, like... I think it does. I mean, there's reasons why that they've done it, I think, and that's mm. one of the main. Um, although it does just look amazing. I think futuristic-wise, they've hit the nail on the head. They have, they have. Like, one of the biggest problems, you know, with suspension, we talk about it a lot, especially when it gets a bit old, is, like, the harshness that comes through. I mean, I guess more especially, like, foot, but often in a shock as well. And there's also all the heat buildup, and that's because of seals, and seals are there to keep the dirt out. So if you can keep the dirt out, and enough, you know they, they're using sort of regular seals in this, but I think the future, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, I think the future and where they may be heading um, down the line is that they could have a shock with less seals, which means better sensitivity, less heat buildup, and if it's you know kept away from all the dirt, it shouldn't really impact on its longevity particularly. No, we'll have to check the patents, I think, see what they've got Ooh, in them. Oh, interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get the inside line with Fox, because it's um, that new shock is built, um, for Scott by Fox. Uh, now the geometry is very similar to the Spark, but it is ever so slightly different. So it's got a 65.5 degree head angle, which is a touch slacker. It's got one of those, in my eyes, not particularly useful geometry adjust things of 0.6 degrees, so just whack it in the slack and low. Um, it's got a 77 degree seat angle, which is pretty steep, um, especially on a short travel bike and on an e-bike, where personally, I think because you've got the motor, like the seat angle is maybe less important than it is on like a regular pedally bike. Um, and fairly long stays at 450mm. Now, obviously, the integration of a motor into the frame is always going to punch those stays out unless you do something very clever. Uh, Rocky Mountain did that, something very clever with their altitude because they built their own motor system. But that's by the by. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Right. Uh, and the reason why they are doing it, 40% of Scott's turnover, there or thereabouts, comes from e-bikes. So that is why we're seeing so many of them. There we go. Now, the final point about the Scott Lumen is, I think, we have a first ride uh, review of this bike. Oscar, one of our colleagues, he went out to Italy. Uh, He went and rode it on the launch. And I think it is the top bike, the Lumen E-Ride 900 SL. It's the most expensive bike we have 
ever tested, most expensive mountain bike we've ever tested on Bike Radar. It comes in at a slightly eye-watering £14,699 or $15,999 or euros, or get this, Australian fans, 25,000 Australian dollars, 599 Australian dollars, and 99 Australian cents, which is a very big number. Huge. <laughs> um, but don't worry, you don't actually have to spend more than a Ford Focus on a car, uh, on a bike, uh, because the um, standard E-Ride 900 comes in at £6,499 or €6,999, and it's not offered in the US or Australia. A steal. Yes, a steal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a carbon frame. It's got a motor. Yeah. Like, e-bikes, love them or love them. E-bikes are expensive. Mountain bikes are, ex- bikes are expensive. Everything everything is expensive. Um, so That's I- how the podcast we're doing now. <laughs> Everything's too expensive. So, yeah, 6499 starting price. I'm not going to comment on value. That's up to the consumers to go and pay it or not pay it. Yeah. And if enough people don't pay it, maybe they'll drop their prices. And if enough people pay it, they've got the price right. We'll see how it reviews as well. Standard economics. Yes, we'll see how it reviews. Hopefully we will get a full one in for a full test soon. All right then. Um, I've witted on a little bit there. Yeah. Um, so, Nick, let's hit up the final bike in our news roundup. Well, I'll, it's a simple one. Orbea has updated their rise, which mm-hmm. is their mid-level a competitor to the Lumen. A, a competitor. Um, so it comes, well, it comes with a Shimano EP801 RS motor on the carbon mm-hmm. frame. Um, but the big new story mm-hmm. with the Orbea Arise is there's a new 360 watt hour battery, okay. um, which has been integrated into the frame a lot easier. Um, oh, okay. So, and Orbea are claiming that is 300 grams lighter okay. than the previous model. Um, there is also still a 540 watt hour battery available, mm-hmm. um, and a boost kit is available too. Okay. Um, the range sort of starts about 499, um, and the top end that one, compares nicely to uh, Scott, doesn't it? It does. That well, is aluminium, though. It's not carbon. Well, the carbon one does come in a lot cheaper, so maybe not Ford Fiesta, but maybe Corsa um, is a 9,999 for the Rise. M Limited, okay. um, and Orbea are claiming that's coming in at 15.9 kilo, um, and it has flashes of Kashima. you know, I think it's running on XT, it's a good looking bike, mm-hmm. however, does that rear shock look as good on the Scott? Oh. It's a selling point for me that, yeah, it would be, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is gorgeous. I, um, I'm hoping to, we're, we're going back to Scott, <laughs> we're going back to internal shocks. <laughs> the other thing about the Orbea is there's a new um, shock linkage as well, which is also saved weight. So basically, new battery, new battery integration, uh, new shock link, everything's a little bit lighter, and sort of some new specs. And obviously, the Mayo program, which we've talked about before, which I think is a really massive selling point for Orbea. I think it's really bloody good. Yeah, but other than that, geometry stays the same. Okay. There's not much else to say about the Orbea. Cool. But, you know, it's worth, well, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a growing segment, this sort of midweight e-bike um, thing. And I think, actually, they do sort of span that, you know, if you are like me, a little bit reticent to go and ride a big full-fat e-bike, they probably are quite a good little thing to go and have a little razz around the forest on. The best sales pitch for them is going out on a bike ride with people who are riding e-bikes while you're pedaling. And it teaches you a lesson that, unless you've got a good inner tube that can pull you up the hill, that was my yeah. experience this weekend in Clangothan. Yeah. Was two of my friends both riding e-bikes. Oh, hated them. Hated <laughs> them. <laughs> They're there talking to you. You're pushing hard. You feel like you're going Enduro racing. Yeah. The flip side, though, and you mentioned cross-country earlier on, great training tool. 
great. So I, I've when I've, uh, I've a, a good friend of mine does a, a lot of cross country racing, and he loves being fit and fast, and I love being slightly more lazy. Uh, so I went out riding on an e bike, which I was testing a year or two ago, and he came on his XC race bike, and we were able to ride together up the hills. And normally he would drop me like a stone. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a good leveler. It's yeah, a good leveler. it's a good leveler. It's accessible. So um, I, I I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to stop talking about we've we've. we've diverged from our task for today which is to talk about news but i am a big believer in the urban electric town commuter bike yeah um i ride one i've ridden one now on a daily basis for for years uh, and i would never go back to a pedaling a normal non-electrically assisted town bike no hey, i don't know if you saw the news but france is offering four thousand euros if you trade in your old car they'll give you a grant for four thousand euros really? to buy an e-bike and I think that is specifically for commuters. Yeah, and that's, that's the way e, forward. Like, e, like cargo bike or something like that. That is brilliant. We it is something that we we had an e bike week on Bike Radar about a month ago. We had a number of podcasts went out, including one uh, about um, e bike policy, uh, which I believe our colleague Jack Evans did. And there was a really interesting point in there that e bikes are pretty much the only electric vehicle that is currently not subsidised, and there's a lot of difficulties getting them on through bike to work because of the price of them and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I strongly believe that people should really be riding electric commuter bikes in and out of town, like as a, as a transport solution rather than an exercise bike thing. That's yeah, my little soapbox. Uh, opinion piece. Opinion piece. Maybe I'll write it one day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Right. Well, we have jabbered on way too much. Um, so we'll uh, we'll wrap up there. Thanks ever so much, Nick. Well done for completing your first ever bike radar podcast. I'm sure we will have you back in the studio. In, uh, in the coming weeks and months. I uh, look forward to it. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. As ever, don't forget that you can email the Bike Radar podcast, podcast at bikecrader.com. Drop us any questions or comments, or if you think this podcast has been great, let us know. If you think it's been terrible, you probably should let us know, uh, and maybe we'll make it better next time. Um, and if you've got any tech questions, don't forget to send those in, because we do our regular-ish tech Q&As, and we'll have more of them next year. But for now, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends. Or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 